Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Romans and from the Gospel of Matthew, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to start out by asking you a question today. One very simple question. You can answer it however you'd like. The first thing that pops into your head, what you think I want to hear, what I actually want to hear, if you can read my mind. The question is this. What is something you hope for? Think about that for, for a minute. If you have something you want to answer, you can raise your hand, or I'll just call on you and you can say, I didn't raise my hand like my son did up here, in case you caught that. <laughs> Take a minute, think about something that you hope for. Or maybe you're sitting there thinking, I hope Pastor Glenn doesn't call me out of the crowd. <laughs> I hope he's just going to tell me what answers he's looking for. Nobody? Nobody has anything that they hope for. All right, shout it out. Ah, yeah, that, that our congregation is able to send our northern ministry teams to Sagical Lake and Pelican Narrows. Mm-hmm. No one else, huh? Nobody's brave enough. All right. Oh, you got one. Yeah. Healing for your husband. Yeah. Some, there's a hand over here. I feel like I saw one. Oh, yeah. Eternal life. Oh, that's going to be jumping right to the end. Okay. <laughs> Peace in the world. That our refugee family would get here for sure. Yeah. Anyone else? Going once? Twice? All right, you're off the hook. The possibilities are endless for, for what you could hope for. You know, I, maybe it's, a, I hope I get a good grade on my test. I hope I don't get sick. I hope my surgery goes well. I hope that I heal quickly. I hope I get that promotion. I hope that the worst case scenario doesn't actually come to fruition. I hope that I'll find someone to marry. I hope that one day things will work out for good and that my struggles will be over. I hope that one day I'll have children. I hope that my child will grow up and not be a terrible person. I hope that my children know that I love them and that I only want what's best for them. I hope that my child, who has faith, believes all the days of their life. I hope that my child or children outlive me. I hope I go to heaven. I hope that it will be many years before my children join me in heaven. I hope, I hope, I hope. What is hope? See, I had you think about and answer the question before even defining hope. Because I figured, well, you'd understand hope. So let's define it now. 
Hope can actually be a noun or a verb. And according to the dictionary, hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. To believe, desire, or trust. Hope that all things will work out for good. Hope in something or someone. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. And as you can see, this is the Sunday of hope. And in future weeks, we will see peace. We'll see joy. And we'll see love. And as we fix our eyes on the coming of December in a few days, it means that we think about Christmas being just around the corner. And it's easy to get caught up in all of the things that go into Christmas. Have I gotten all of the presents for everybody that I need to buy for? Have I even started my Christmas shopping yet? Who's going to be hosting Christmas dinner and what do I need to do? Are we going to be traveling anywhere for Christmas or are we just going to be staying at home? I mean, there's less than a, a month left before Christmas. How am I going to get everything done? We think about silent night at Christmas, but rarely are the nights silent with all of the things going on in my head. We think about peace, but with all the conflicts that are going on in my personal life, it's very hard to see peace in my life and in the world. Come back next week. We think about joy, but there isn't much joy to be found in my life or in the world because of all the circumstances and conflicts that are not my fault. Come back in two weeks. We think about love. But it's hard to see love when everyone seems to be against me. It's hard to feel loved when I am all alone. And it's hard to feel love when no one seems to care about me because no one reaches out. I can be surrounded by a whole bunch of people in a room but feel completely isolated. Come back in three weeks. It's hard to have hope because there's nothing and no one I can put hope in. Thus, it's hard to have hope for the holidays. Yay. It's hard to feel like what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best when so many things do not turn out for the best. It's hard to have hope in someone or something when so many someones or some things have failed me in the past. I'll tell you where you can stick your hope. Ever feel like this? Any of it? Anyone? No one? I'm all alone here? This life is hard. This life is not easy. And sometimes things like peace, joy, love, and hope are hard to come by. That's because the world is full of the opposites of those things. Conflict, sorrow, 
hate and despair. And this world is full of these things because this world is full of sin. And there's these things in the lives of people because people are born into sin. And people are full of sin. And as much as we like to place the blame on our circumstances, on other people, on God, for feeling the way that we feel, for things not working out for the best, we are part of the problem too. Because we are sinners. And if there is any possibility for you to have any hope during this time of the year, we have to humbly take a look at ourselves and see that there is nothing good in us. As Romans chapter 7 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. None of us are good people, because there's nothing good in us. There is only sin and death. Now, we certainly can blame Adam and Eve for us being born into sin in the first place. After all, they are the first sinners and the reason that we have original sin. But we can't blame Adam and Eve for all of our actual sins. I mean, we can try, but it's the exact same thing they did. Adam blamed Eve and God. And Eve blamed the serpent for why they sinned. From the beginning, mankind doesn't want to take responsibility for their actions and certainly doesn't want to take responsibility for their sins. That doesn't mean that they're not responsible, obviously. And as a result of that, sin, death, entered the world. And what mankind deserves for their sin, the sin that they're born with, the sin that they actually commit, is death. Physical death, yes, and eternal death as well. We deserve the wrath of God to be poured out on us. We deserve to suffer and die here on this earth, yes, and we also deserve the punishment of hell. And there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves from any of this. As Romans 7 goes on to say, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? We're all dead men walking, without peace, without joy, without love, and without hope, because of our sin. And that's why Jesus came, to save us, to rescue us from this body of death, to rescue us from sin, the devil, and hell. You heard in the gospel reading, Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. On a day like today, we have the hope that because Jesus has already come that first time, that first Christmas, that he will come again and take us to be with him. Now, I know this verse is talking about Jesus' second coming, when he will come again one final time, and no one knows the day or the hour, only God. So we are called to be ready, called to be prepared. The same can be said about Jesus' first coming, in the sense that no one really knew the day or the hour, only God. 
I mean, sure, Mary and Joseph knew that the baby inside of Mary's womb was the chosen one of God. And then John the Baptist, in the womb, and his mother Elizabeth, knew when Mary visited them while she was pregnant. But apart from those few believers, no one really knew when the Messiah, the Christ, was going to come. I mean, sure, the people of God were expecting it, anticipating it. They had hoped that he was going to come, but they didn't know the when. And we celebrate his birth some 2,000 years ago in just a few weeks. We hear the words of Matthew chapter 1 read, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. The season of Advent is supposed to be a time of peace and joy and love and hope. But that always isn't the case. Because sin can easily consume our lives. And Satan will do everything that he can to take our love and our peace and our joy and our hope away from us. But God gave us the promise in the garden as soon as Adam and Eve sinned. The promise that the serpent crusher would come. But in crushing the serpent's head, his heel would be struck. Heel strike is a non-fatal blow. This is Jesus coming to earth, being born for us, dying on the cross for us, suffering death, hell, bearing the punishment for all of our guilt and all of our sin and all of our shame, taking the responsibility for rescuing us from this body of death when we can't even take responsibility for our own sins and failures. But the cross was a non-fatal blow. Death did not win. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice who died in our place on our behalf. And he rose from the dead, crushing sin, death, and the devil once and for all, and opening the door to eternal life. And in this season of Advent, when we don't feel the love, Know that it was love that brought Jesus to this earth. Love that sent him to the cross. And love that kept him there. When we don't feel the joy, know that it was for the joy set before Jesus that he endured the pain and suffering and shame on the cross for us. When we don't feel the peace Know that through Christ's death and resurrection, he has made peace between you and God so that he no longer sees you and all of your sins, but that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus and he sees the cross. When we don't feel hope, turn your eyes to the cross and see that it is empty. And so is the tomb because Christ is alive. And it proves that he has made all things right. And that in the end, all things will work out for our best. Will work together for our good. For those who believe. For those who he has called according to his purpose. And even though this world and ourselves are still full of sin, Jesus will work all things out for our good when he returns. 
and then all of your struggles will be over. And speaking of his second coming, you heard in the New Testament reading, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Every day is one day closer to Christ's return. And every day is one day closer to salvation being fully realized. Now, if you remember last week, I talked about eternal life, not just as this future event and heaven as this future place, but that because of faith, we are living in eternity right now. It is a present reality. A present reality that will be fully realized when Christ returns. And that's what I hear when I hear Paul write that salvation is nearer to us now. Each day we get closer to meeting Christ face to face. To be able to place our hands in his where the nails were. To be able to place our hands where the spear pierced his side and blood and water flowed out. To touch our Savior and know that we will always be in his presence. That is the hope that we have. The hope that was first given after sin entered the world. The hope that is given as we hear God's word read and proclaimed in our midst. As the Holy Spirit creates faith through the word. The hope that is given in baptism as the word is combined with the water. And we can say that baptism now saves. Today, today, salvation has come to James. Because the Holy Spirit is at work creating faith in the life of every child that comes to this font. Or adults too. And the hope we have through Jesus' body and blood in his supper, that he gives us the forgiveness of our sins, that he strengthens our faith and gives eternal salvation to all who believe. The hope that God keeps his promises, that God fulfills his word. And that's because he said that he would come back and take us to be with him that he will, in fact, come back and take us to be with him. And so we should be ready for that to happen at any moment. And so we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Jesus is our hope. He is the object of our hope. We put our faith and our trust in him. Because he is the only one that can bring us from death to life. And that is exactly what he did. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.